The Cowlitz Podcast Network and KLOG News present a conversation with Major Philip Smith from the Salvation Army talking about the new Hope Village. You'll hear that conversation next. Taking care of your mental health is just as important as your physical health. At Columbia Wellness, we offer behavior health care for all ages. From telehealth counseling to inpatient addiction care, we offer the level of support your mind needs. Don't wait to enjoy life again. Give us a call at 360-423-0203. At Columbia Wellness, your wellness is our passion. My name is uh, Major Philip Smith. I'm with the Salvation Army here in Longview. So you do a lot of key work down at Hope Village. Can you tell us about your role there to begin with? Well, sure. Um, as a, the Salvation Army officer in charge of the work here in Longview for the Salvation Army, I, I oversee, my wife and I actually, uh, administrate over all of the programs um, offered to the community here in Longview, as well as um, pastor our congregation here. But Hope Village is a new project this year that we undertook with um, uh, in contract with the city of Longview to establish a living community uh, to replace the existing tent city that was on Alabama Street. And what are some ways that, you know, having the pallet houses versus the tents, improving the residents and just the community in general, what do you think? Yeah, um, so, yeah, it's it's a, a long answer possibly, but I'll try to keep it simple. That's okay. Um, the tent city was a... Um, temporary um, solution to um, otherwise scattered homelessness and it, it ended up lasting several years as everyone knows. Um, it was an unmanaged situation. Uh, it was just um, a group of people allowed to occupy a space owned by the city but with no constraint really other than the fence that surrounded it. But people were allowed to come and go and, and really operate as however they wanted to, you know, whether uh, uh, how they lived or what they did and um, everything associated with staying there. Uh, there was no oversight. Um, the difference is this village um, brings more um, construct to, to that as a you know, to that option. And instead of being an unmanaged a space where people can just live without boundary, um, this village program um, really is about, is exactly that. It's a program. It's an opportunity to live in a space um, that is private and individualized, and it comes with um, the intent to personally, I mean, to uh, permanently house the participant. And so a tent city, you know, uh, didn't didn't have that unless the person was seeking that that kind of an end result for their own their own gain. Here, in order to stay at Hope Village, that's a requirement. Is there other requirements to become um, a citizen of Hope Village? Do they have yeah. to? Um, what are yeah. the steps? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty basic. Uh, the the very um, minimal standard is that you have to be uh, you have to be uh, considered homeless, currently homeless when we when you come to us um, in Cowlitz County. You have to be 18 years of age or older, single, uh, willing to live as a single adult, because um, we do get approached by couples 
and we have taken in um, a couple of uh, sets of people under that condition, but they live separately. So, because the units are single occupancy. Um, so you have to be 18, you have to be a single adult, you have to be able to um, manage your own daily living needs because uh, there are some folks out there that need assistance with the simplest of things and because of their um, physical condition or their physical health or even their mental health. Um, so we call them act, active daily living um, needs and they have to be able to manage those on their own. Um, so single, um, manage your ADLs. You have to be willing to cooperate with case management. And case management comes with requirements, right, that lead toward the housing solution as the end result. Um, so not only do you have to be willing to participate in that, you have to express a desire for permanent housing. We don't want to uh, mislead people who come and stay with us that this is just another option to living in a tent because it's not permanent. It's intended to be short term. We want to uh, people to move through quickly and not um, consider this just a new housing option. So would you describe it more as transitional housing? Um, yeah, I, transitional housing is, is a term that's um, used frequently to describe certain types of programs within you know, the housing construct. And we're not really quite transitional housing. We have a lot of earmarks that would suggest that. But because we're not housing, uh, I don't refer to it as transitional housing. The more accurate um, maybe description, if you were going to slap a label on it, would be enhanced shelter. Typical shelter means you have a place to come in at night, lay your head, wake up in the morning, and then you have to leave right, but you have a safe place to sleep at night. Enhanced shelter suggests that there's more than that associated with your shelter stay. So these homes are 24-7 um, occupancy, and they include lots of wraparound support to include the things I've already mentioned. Um, what kind of other support? Uh, I know the residents get two meals a day. Right. Is there any other... Um, support that they get? Yeah, so we have a, a host of agencies that come, and there's too many to name, frankly, but, um, and they provide different types of support services, everything from other um, types of case management, but um, to in, from, from that to things like behavioral health support, um, um, medical support educational, employment, um, life skills, um, all those types of wraparound services that help ready someone for either housing or maybe it's readiness for employment, maybe it's readiness for, you know, something lower down the chain, but um, it's all about, you know, moving forward in a direction that leads them out of the, you know, current culture of homelessness. Do you have any key examples of benefits you've seen so far from the home? <laughs> yes. Um, so that's, again, a, a mouthful to talk about. But we've we already housed somebody. That's probably a, the first thing I would want to point to. We were, we've been open now just barely a month. Uh, we, we had our first successful exit to permanent housing in three weeks at the three-week mark. So that was that's a great example. So somebody was able to stay there for three weeks and then... 
move on to housing? Permanent housing that, in Longview, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. Oh. And so that was, you know, some of that was in motion before they got there. Some of the, the preliminary work, you know, a lot of these um, folks that are staying with us uh, come with some of that already already in place. For example, a, a, a type of voucher that might lead to housing. Uh, but they haven't found it yet, and they were still homeless at the time when they came to us. So um, that was the case for this gentleman. But uh, that was a great outcome. Some of the other more pointed outcomes that are more subtle, though, um, are, I think, what are most amazing is to consider the culture and the environment that they were coming from and what they have now moved into and, and have taken on by way of a whole new life change. You know, the um, these people had been, most of them had been living together for years in an unrestricted environment where it was rampantly earmarked with substance abuse, violence, domestic violence, crime, as a matter of more substantial earmarks of the culture that they were in. You know, the community that they lived within, that's that was how they survived, uh, dependent on all those things. But at the same time, they took care of one another. It was all very dysfunctional, frankly. And I hate to paint the picture of that as applies to everybody, because that's just not true. But that is that is the general, you know, um, look of of what was. But we brought them in as an entire group from that old tent city. It wasn't just one person from there and another person from you know, who lived by the river in Kelso and another person, you know, from wherever. They weren't random intakes. These were, this was an entire population of people. And so they had an established rapport, all with the earmarks of dysfunction I described for the most part, right? And then we brought them inside a fence line with boundaries and constraints and guidelines and expectations. As as basic as those are, it was a huge um, change of, venue for them and change of lifestyle and it's been hard for some of them to embrace so the the marks of change i look at that what was and and how they behave today and how what they've done to kind of embrace this new environment for example um i see people embracing um the environment that they're in by way of um taking care of it they help with the keep the place clean you know when the when the uh, plumbing gets clogged, they help deal with that. You know when um, we got a donation of plants, they help decorate the entire facility, the, the whole site, I should say. Um, they are taking signs of pride in ownership of their home. They they consider it their home, and it is a home, even though it's temporary. But those are big steps in earmarks of change versus what life looked like for them before. So, you know, as subtle as it is, and it's not remarkable in the sense of, you know, um, like it, like someone who just got housed or just got a job, you know, those are remarkable changes. I think the ones that I'm talking about here are just as remarkable because it's on many levels even harder to, to make those kinds of changes. Um, I know a big goal for Hope Village was to eradicate the tent city. Yeah. So do you see a lot of citizens or people who are residing uh, in the tents now 
uh, Hope Village? Well, that was our target population. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and frankly, we had our design, because this is a new model, you know, we have not done this before in Washington, anywhere, a, a, a pallet community. And uh, while the Salvation Army has operated them in many locations, we've not done one in Washington. And so being that it was a new venture, we, um, with a lot of new infrastructure, you know, literally from the ground up, the electrical, the plumbing, all that kind of stuff, we uh, planned to bring 10 people in at a time every two weeks so that we can ensure that it was smooth, that it was safe, that we you know, there, we were covering all our bases, there was no breakdowns. That would have taken 10 weeks to bring in 50 people, which is our capacity. We brought in 50 people in three days. So are you guys at full capacity right now? Yeah, we've been full since day one. Actually, since day three. It took three <laughs> days to bring in 50 people. Uh, we brought them in in huge chunks. It was at the worst time of the weather season. It was the, the week we brought them in was just before Christmas. That's when we opened. It was freezing outside. It was below 30. And it was icy and rainy. And, I mean, it couldn't have been worse conditions. And um, that, that pushed us to have to speed up our intake uh, time frame because it was life-threatening for them to stay where they were. And so, you know, with that came... You know, lots of um, compromises on our end by what we were wanting to do versus what we ended up having to do. So it made it that much harder to acclimate people, um, to get them settled in, and um, so that was quite a challenge. Are there more things you want to improve about the village or things running pretty smoothly for now? You know, it's starting to settle down. Um, we we are actually now pushing uh, in a direction um, where we can, we want to, we've always wanted to establish a, a sense of community there so that the new culture is, is something that they can put their hands in, hands on and, and, and touch and feel and, and be a part of. And how do you do that? Well, you have to create opportunity to socialize. Some of our boundaries, however, prevent that. So we have to be creative. For example, what I mean by that is we have a boundary and a policy that there's no visitation. So they're not allowed to go into one another's unit. They're single living units. They're not allowed to visit one another and like, I can't come up and knock on your door and go inside. That's a violation. And the reason for that is safety. Uh, we don't know what's happening in there. A large percentage of our population are self-confessed drug addicts, drug dealers, <laughs> drug consumers. And in order to, you know, put preventions around that stuff and to keep them honest because they agree not to use drugs, sell drugs, et cetera, while they're there, um, is to keep them out of each other's unit because behind closed doors you don't know what's going on. And so that's one of the biggest uh, pitfalls to creating community is how do you create, you know, um, a social atmosphere if you can't even visit one another. So it has to be outside uh in the, on the grounds. And so we have three tents that are set up as spaces where they can congregate and meet and hang out. During good weather days, there'll be a lot more access for that. And they won't have to necessarily just go into a tent to do that. They can, they can walk around outside and enjoy the, enjoy the fresh air and, you know, those kinds of things. But, um, so we're, we're moving in the direction of providing ways for them to feel like, like they have a, a sense of community. Right now, that has to happen 
largely inside of these spaces I just described. And so we've brought in games, we've brought in books, we've brought in art supplies. We, But these are all canvas kind of tents that blow around in the wind. They're, they're not warm. They're not heated. We have to put propane heaters in there, and uh, it doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't really work very well, so it's still not a very comfortable place to gather. Um, but that's what we have at this point. And, and so we're trying to make it comfortable, give them things to do where they can, um, you know, uh, not be stuck in their unit all day long or all night long with, without, you know, any kind of social life. So that's probably one of the biggest challenges we have going forward. If the community has any questions about Hope Village or wants to help in any way, yeah. What do you, where, where should they go? So now, uh, well, from day one, one of the first things I wanted to make sure was, in, was there was a, a way to do that. And so we created a web page uh, where people can go on and um, there is a how can, how can you help uh, area where you can click on a link and type in your question or if you want to offer uh, um, some assistance, you can suggest what, what it is that you want to do or what you're interested in. There's a link on there. The, um, and then we just, um, this week actually, started a Facebook page. And so we're going to post a lot of things on our, on our Hope Village Facebook page that illuminates, you know, some of the things I've talked about and kind of paint a more of a picture for people. Literally, they'll be able to, to see what I'm talking about and, and read the stories of success and, and that kind of thing. But the Facebook page... And the website uh, are are good ways to um, you know to find out information and also ask questions. Um, you can always call four two three three nine nine zero. That's our main number at the Salvation Army. Uh, Hope Village has a direct line as well, but it's not really for the purposes of what we're talking about now. That's really for providers to call and you know ask questions about you know, getting someone in the program or whatever. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you'd like to share? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think we, you know, I could talk all day about Hope Village, and obviously I kind of ramble, but uh, I hope I've I hope I've given your listeners, um, you know, some information that's been helpful to understand a little bit about, you know, what's happening in that place and what it looks like. Um I don't have anything necessarily to add that comes to mind at this point, but yeah, we, um, we're doing good. It's getting better. Um, it's starting off well, and, uh, it could be much worse. So we're, we're happy for what's going on at this point. And we've seen some successes. I've described a little bit of it. Uh, we certainly anticipated to just continue and get stronger and stronger. And it's definitely, um, been worth the effort at this point, yeah.